cliffcentral.com Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with C.M.B. Live on Cliff Central. Yes, yes, yes. Sis Figile, we are back in the house, Lisa. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I have a shout out uh, to Simpiwe. She said I must give her a shout <laughs> out. Straight off, off the, the bat. Um, and then I think it's a good time to also propose that she should be my wife. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> oh my goodness, look at her. Simpiwe, I still need a Valentine. I still need a Valentine. Oh, Simpiwe, look at you, Valentine. girl. <laughs> How are you doing, Lisa? We're back at it with the Threaded Exchange. Um, I think this is our third episode, third installment. Yes, it is the third one. And I can't still believe they let us have a radio show. Like, that's crazy. On number three, you really still can't believe it. How do you feel about number three so far? I feel really good. I just think it's going to go up from here. I mean, I think last week we were talking about residual pussy. <laughs> <laughs> the week before we were discussing, we were discussing people who don't belong in the fashion industry. And then my mom asked me what residual pussy was. <laughs> what did you tell her? I said, Lisa, I what is know. residual pussy? How would I you said, describe I don't it? Know. I said, I don't know. That's why. Oh, wait, you'll get residual dick. Yours will be different, your perspective. Yeah. Because because you know me, you're going to get residual dick. I make you look good on the streets. Yeah. I think. Okay. I'd like to think so. (laughs) Yeah, and this week we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking people who, who are sellouts, you know? People that, you know, go around telling us they're selling Africa or represent what Africa is all about. But in fact, they're not. They're selling European culture without actually knowing about it. So today in studio, we've got Uladu Mangokolo. Um, he's the creative director and founder of Matkosa, a, a clothing line that is driven by the Tosa culture and is doing well overseas. You can get his stuff in Japan. You can buy his stuff in Hong Kong. You can get his stuff in New York City. And he's become such a, you know, a pillar of the design industry and really representing and taking Africa to the world. And there's other designers and other creatives who are frolicking around <laughs> as, <laughs> who claim, <laughs> who claim to be selling Africa or represent Africa. So today we're going to be digging deeper into that. You know, what does it mean to be Africa? Just because you wear prints and they catch you in the New York Times, does it mean that's the image of Africa? What is the image of Africa? You know, so I think we're so going to dive what do you deeper. think the image of Africa is? I think Africa doesn't have an image. All right. I think, you know, we have such, I mean, just looking at South Africa alone, we have 11 different languages. We have 11 different cultures that are so different, so vast True. from each other. To have one image of what Africa or South Africa represents, that's a lie. Why are you lying to people? <laughs> so I don't think, you know, being African is one image. I think you are African. I think I'm African. I think the guys in the room are also African, but we are all so different. We all live differently. And, and yeah, the narrative of what being African actually means is it should change because now, you know, we look at Vogue Italia that does African inspired covers and it's literally just people wearing print. And I'm like, I don't read print. So wait, you have a problem with print as a representation of Africa? I have a problem with the type of print. You know, okay. like the Ankara print is actually German, but it's been frolicked as African. So I don't <laughs> understand how that happened. <laughs> but you look at Amandebele, you know, that print, that is African. Because Ooh, Amandebele okay. communicates. We've dived right into it. Yeah, because Amandebele, you know, communicate a strong message through their print. You know, each house is printed differently and that stands for something. You know, Amatosa in Sibize to, you know, the types of colors they are, the types of prints we have on them. That stands and means something. It's not random. Mm. Whereas Ankara prints, what does it mean? 
It means it means cotini. I don't know. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So, it means uh, swag. <laughs> you know, and 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 the thing is, we need to become more sensitive to that because you know, a lot of not just us, but a lot of younger guys that are coming up after us are really you know consuming all this whole Africa thing, and it's very important that we're honest in the message that we send, and also that we are authentic in what we say. Ankara is not African, guys. It's German. <laughs> so you can't yeah we can't lead into that into that kind of stuff lisa how's yes. your week looking what are we up to this week what are we doing um what does this week has in store for you i feel can you hear me? what are you doing i mean like i think what are you, are you flirting with the guy in the office what's going on <laughs> i'm not flirting he's actually trying to be helpful yeah i have um all right, don't worry about it. So, Laduma is here. Is he here? He is here. Laduma must come in. Why is he late? Why is he late? Guys, can you get Laduma in here? Apparently he's here. Am I wrong? No, he's apparently he's not here yet. Really? Yeah, unless did you yeah, see him? Yes, I see the I see the print coming in. He's wearing a beautiful jersey, matching the beautiful weather. Yeah. You know what I was actually stressed about? I was stressed about the fact, you know, Lisa, I don't enjoy talking to you. Because wow. um, I talk to you almost every single day You work with me in my company And now I have to sit here on a Monday and well, talk to you I'm like, well, here's Laduma, let's I'm talk like to where, him. where's Laduma, yeah How are you doing? Good, thank you Good, thank you Let me get your mic on There we go, are you live? Yeah, brother How are you doing, my man? Um, fantastic, man, and you? I'm good It's so crazy Like for me to get to be able to get a hold of you I need to invite you to an interview <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise when I call out to my Yo, my brother, let's link up Or oh, when's the new stuff dropping I'll never hear from him He doesn't respond Same as you You tell him ah, too busy, no, man <laughs> no, I do respond I do respond I'm not that bad You're worse Nah um, WhatsApp is the way to go These days Okay right. So guys This is a public service announcement If you want to get a hold of Laduma Or if you sent him an email And he hasn't responded to it Please WhatsApp him rather yeah. Tell them you're out Tell, tell them you're out Changing the world <laughs> Get back <laughs> But how are you doing Butuan? I'm fresh and fit um, Renewing thoughts uh, Going to a new season New winter South African yeah. winter um, I think it's going to be a big one Yeah Yeah I'm really excited that you're here. Thank you so much for, for gracing us with your present. Um, I'm warning you, this is unlike any interview you've ever done before. For sure. You know, we're gonna talk, <laughs> we're gonna talk about your journey. That's important. Yeah. But yeah. most importantly, we're gonna talk about, you know, as an, I don't see you as just a designer. I think when people say you're a designer, that's great, but it's also undermines that you're an entrepreneur, actually. You yeah, run a business. So my course is a business. And today I actually want to dive into your entrepreneurial side. You know, how do you balance your creativity and running a business and what are the challenges of taking your business global. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, right after this. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliff Central. So this is live online. It's live right now. Oh. We are live across <laughs> Africa, across the whole entire world. The message is strong. Um, guys, we are live with Ulatumangogolo. If you want to WhatsApp us, please, uh, this is our deets, um, 079-784-2090. As I said before, we've got Ulatumangogolo, who is the founder and the creative 
director of Matosa, uh, clothing line that is inspired by the Tosa culture and really taking over the world right now. Um, I've got Latuma in studio. We're going to talk a bit about his journey, but most importantly, talk about him as an entrepreneur. What does it take to take your, your brand global? I mean, we've seen designers like David Lyle showcase in New York Fashion Week, but they haven't done it like this. So what is the formula for a guy like Latuma that he's taking his brand so global so quickly as well? I mean, I remember four years ago, he was showing for the first time at uh, Johannesburg Fashion Week. Do you remember that? I remember very clear. 2014. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's a the quick... Fashion Week. Yeah. And do you actually, do you remember me? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was still in first year at Lifestyle, <laughs> thinking I would, you know, conquer the world and take over with this company called Threaded Man. Just remember that. I, mean, I, I still remember pushing. very well, um, but I think your presence didn't um, show that you, you were a student yeah. back then. Uh, yeah. Um, um, I remember when I met you uh, with um, one of your friends um, after, after that gig. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you told me that you're Kosa and you love what I do, and I was like, wow. <laughs> and I, there was... You you were one of the first people that I met in Jobik because yeah. I was I was fairly new here. I used to live in Cape Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell you actually just diving into your journey? I remember when I came across your brand. I think I was in grade nine or ten. Yeah. And I think because I used to follow Siabango guys at that time, and I remember he had a Facebook page and. Um, he was showing, I think, Nelson Mandela Metropolitan University's page yeah. of some guy called Laduma who had done a knit, some, some knit thing for his class and it was called Matosa and it had print on it. Yeah. That's the guy I remember. Mm. How did you get into this? Actually, um, I was fortunate enough to be invited to speak at the Design Indaba, um, festival. Flex Flex? In Cape Town. Flex Flex. <laughs> uh, in 2011. That was like two months after I graduated at NMMU. Um, I spoke to an audience of about 3,000 people. I haven't started my business back then and never had fashion experience. And so I had it demand before I started the business. And that is where I got the exposure uh, from international media. Yeah. That was the concept base and the footprint that I got. And... Uh, People like Saban Wekazi and various other people that I looked up to started noticing yeah. what I do and started contacting me. Um, hence, you saw that. And um, I also got my story was picked up by the South African um, high school curriculum. So yeah. the young kids in high school study about it as well. Oh, wow. So some kids of the kids in school study about you. That's brilliant. That's of, crazy. Some of the kids that I meet, they say they love what I do. And, and I ask them, how do you know? They started about it at school, and yeah. um, I love the fact that they have in-depth knowledge about it. Yeah, but how did you I mean? How did you? How did you start? I mean, what was the moment like when you realized that this is what you could do? Like, did you sit there and be like, "Oh, I could take this jersey and make it into a brand," or I could do this print? What was it? That gave you this idea Or what inspired this idea I know it's inspired by your culture Yeah But specifically What exactly in your culture That sparked this thought Into what the brand is today um, The initial concept uh, As you know Started as um, a, a concept that was targeted To cross initiates In Eastern Cape As you know uh, yeah. Us as Kosa people When we are aged 18 to 25 We have to go through Men who's concision And Yeah One before they 
go through that process, you have to get rid of all of old clothes. As someone who studied textile design and technology uh, at Lawson Brown High School, as a person that appreciates fashion and high quality products, I felt that I didn't really feel com- comfortable in those type of clothes. And I thought, let me come up with something that I that resonates with me as a designer that I think other people love as well. And so I went to a museum with tons of beadwork from the 1800s and the early 19th century, got some material there, translated that into modern aesthetic that I thought that um, would be appealing to you, yeah, myself, mm. and various other closer initiates. Yeah. But then when I knitted the jerseys, I actually I grew up making jerseys from age 16, and when I oh, knitted the jerseys, um, and I never used to make jerseys with patterns back then. Yeah. So I is got, it the old net with like umakul where umakul ako shows? Nah, the not, the, not 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 that, that not that simple. primitive <laughs> method. Um, oh, like, that's the only thing I was taught. <laughs> I remember we, we used to make us sew scarves in school. Yeah, there's a there's a domestic mechanic method where you buy a small machine. And then mm. punch in a pattern and then have to push the courage left yeah. and right. So it's it's quite a physically training process. But yeah. you get beautiful. Is that why you're so thin? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was just asking a question. I mean, as an athlete, if you're a runner and you run long distance, you're gonna be thinner and this also needs I mean, you know Steve Jobs Steve Jobs was thin as well. Yeah. But so, I mean he was sick. Yeah. But I mean I'm not saying yes. <laughs> stop, 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 stop. I don't think I should stop. give you the show. Are you still using the same method? Um, I've, I'm going back to that method now because, because I had so much demand of my products I had to outsource production Oh yes And um, that made things easy for me Because I could focus on design yeah. and, and get the, the, the brand to have um, a distinctive aesthetic That people can recognize and, and focus more on that But now I've established that I'm going back to Making them by hand, yeah, so that I can like sell them to a super niche markets. Mm, yeah. And the quality is great, and I mean, yeah. also just building the muscle from the machine, just looking great, is not a bad idea either. <laughs> so I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know what Hensia is hinting at, you, but. <laughs> but um, but also, I mean, having an idea is not enough, and having a concept and building something is not enough. Diving into you being an entrepreneur, in the beginning, wasn't money a struggle for you in order to do this? In terms of this, I remember your your, your first collection was so rich. Mm. The material mm. itself just weighed so heavy. heavy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so, true. I mean, as young as a young black entrepreneur, when I mean, I remember when I started The Threaded Man, I struggled a lot with money. Mm. And that was the thing that I was... Even designers, we have a lot of broke designers in this country. Yeah. I mean, Instagram doesn't say that but we have a lot of broke designers so early on what did you do different to make sure your company could become sustainable um as you know our political circumstance placed us in a position which we didn't have power over as a young black entrepreneur Mm. you grow up in a society where you work with limited resources i grew up with both parents um, are not around at home. So I had to wow. go out there and hustle for money. Mm. I went to the NYDAs, um, the CEDARS, and various government agencies mm. to look for immediate funding. But I couldn't get help. And um, as a graduate, as an academic, I went back to my university, told them that I've got a concept that is commercially, that has yeah, commercial viable. Yeah. viable. And... Um, they quickly started up a program 
which they called um, the NMMU Art and Design Incubator. I was the first incubatee. That was like in 2011. So they gave me a seed capital of about 100K. Um, you know, when you're young and then... And, 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 and Don't tell me you put that money on bottles now. What are you, <laughs> no, why are you have a naughty face? Yeah, 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 yeah. You look nah, like, yo, oh, it I'm, went down, Baba. I'm not that type of guy. <laughs> so basically... Are you, are you not that type of guy? Nah. So... What I basically did was I they gave me resources like mentorship where I learned about finance, how to handle finance, about how to outsource production, how to handle a business. So I got that value on top of the hundred K and I we invested that into infrastructure. So I got five people, trained them how to make knitwear, pot machines. Um, unfortunately, Port Elizabeth wasn't viable enough mm-hmm. for that type of business. Yeah. And uh, the program was a two-year contract. So they gave me premises as well. And so I, I got to learn a lot in a space of two years. And after two years, I realized that, yo, I'm now done with the incubator. I want to move to Cape Town and, and, and further my business. Yeah. And... Uh, they let me off and um, hosted other incubators, which are still benefiting right, uh, from that today. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really nice. That's incredible. And I mean, since then, your show at Fashion Week and you blew up, you know, and the next thing I see you popping up in London and you're taking all around the world. Now, one of the trickiest things in South Africa when it comes to designers is that they don't know how to take their brand global, even as an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, we, we don't know how to take our brands global. And there's something very special about your brand because yeah. your brand has gone global and quite well. Yeah. And it's even sold. I remember seeing a Matosa Nerd selling at the same price of a high end designer clothing line. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh my word, like this brand is on the seeing same level. Seeing it in the sp- same spaces. Seeing it in the same spaces. Platform. Spaces yeah. where, you know, you find Dolce and Gabbana, you find Tom Ford, you find Matosa. Yeah. You know, so I think, you know, with this talk today, I actually, that's what I want to dive into more. Going international. Yeah. How did that happen? I know you went to study in London. Yeah. So I would trace it starting there, mm. number one. Mm. But how would you tell that story of how you went abroad? Um, actually, while I was studying uh, at NMBU, I, I, I entered a design competition, uh, which was called uh, Society of Dyers and Colorists. It was a global design competition. I represented South Africa because I won the South African leg, went there, uh, competed against a finalist from China, Australia, Pakistan, India. Yeah. And was this your first time going overseas? First time going overseas. What country was this? It was London. You went to London for the first time. Yeah. What, what, how old were you at this time? I was about 22. 22 years old. First okay. time on a, in a plane, first time in a hotel. First, first time, time in a plane. <laughs> how did that feel? <laughs> True story, B. It was, um, it was overwhelming, man, because I was alone mm. and without someone with a map on my hand. And uh, I landed in Heathrow. I had to catch a Piccadilly line. And asked around about the Piccadilly line. No one knew about it, but I, I had to switch up my accent a bit and be like, Piccadilly line. Correct. Drop the hotel. It was an amazing experience. And I spent a 10 days as well to explore the city and learn the market. And I went to yeah. all the high-end stores that I mm. used to learn about in the, on magazines. At that time, I never been to Joburg or Cape Town. 
Jesus. Wait, so you from the you, you've Straight only from grown the up windy in, city you to grew, Cape Town? Yeah, like and then to London. No, yeah. he, he had never been to Cape Town. I've never you? been to Cape Town. So oh, you from PE, never yeah. been anywhere else in Africa or anywhere you went to London? Yeah, straight to London and. Um, oh, Took part in that competition and I won the first prize. Um, they gave me a global design award and a thousand pounds. And the university gave me money to spend as well. So you can imagine (laughs) a crazy moment that I had that week. And so I took that thousand pounds and bought a a more advanced machine, uh, which I, I, I used to advance my product. And use that product as a pitch to university. So that was my like first global footprint, uh, where I got a couple of people that wanted to buy my products. And I realized that it's possible to mm, design yeah. and create something that's globally credible, yeah. uh, but, um, focus locally as well. Mm. Yeah. When you, when you went to London and you're seeing, I mean, all these incredible rich luxury stores, you know, how, what made you think that your brand can compete on the same level? Um, I, I must commend university where I studied. Uh, my lecturer yeah. used to live in London, was part of the punk era um, with the young kids out in London. So he he understood um, e- levels that one has to reach in order to yeah. be able yeah. to sell their products there. So they taught us very well that this is not good enough. Only your best is good enough. And I had e knitwear design mentor who yeah. apparently taught my mother how to make knitwear oh, um, wow. back in the 80s and um, I met at university like uh, like maybe about five years after my, my mother passed away she was she became my, my my mentor and she was a famous designer actually um, back in the apartheid era yeah she traveled to Paris Milan everywhere and, and did a lot of shows so uh, that mentorship was very important for me because it, it, it gave me an idea that I am one of a billion people out there that is consci- consciously aware about knitwear. Knitwear is, is super difficult, by the way. That's why you don't mm. see a lot, lot of, people a lot of designers it. doing it in Africa. Um, it, it, because we, we start from raw material to finished product yeah and i mean you do so many designs and so many prints and so many different colors i can't imagine yeah. how technical that must be especially when you're designing a collection and now you must yeah now that you've designed it now you have to do it and, and make it i can't imagine that process, process. what that must be like yeah it's it's it, 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 it is a process that actually that is beyond design because you have to think about Who's gonna wear it and how it's gonna sell, how it's gonna move in stores, and the practicality of the piece as well. Um, so for me, when I initially started as 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 young designer, I didn't have some of that background knowledge. Now I I have it, um, and it makes the designing process even more complex. Yeah. But uh, once you have a signature and you've secured a method. Um, the the, the 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 key is just to repeat that process over and over. Yeah, yeah, and you've got it on the nail. Like the fabric feels beautiful. Yeah, I feel yeah. it's it's incredible. It's, it's rich and it's luxe. Like, he knows how much I wear his clothing. Uh, it's <laughs> you, actually you, crazy. You feel royal, like yeah, luxe. I feel yeah. like a king when I wear your stuff. And 
now, in going back to your story about going international, now you went to the London International School of Design. What school did you go to in London? I went to Central St. Martin's. Central St. Oh, let me not even take you to went to Central St. Martin's. <laughs> um, let me mind you, Central St. Martin's is the same school where the great Alexander McQueen went to school, right? Alexander From McQueen, Stella McCartney, <laughs> John Galliano. There we go. <laughs> so tell us, how did that happen? Um, I actually met one of the lecturers at the Design in Daba um, in 2012. I, she was a fellow speaker as well. So I, we spoke at the same conference. And we had a conversation. I told her that, you know, one of my dreams was to study at one of the best design universities in the world. And she said, yo, sure, send me your CV and I'll consider and we'll give you a scholarship for accommodation and food. I was like, I... Send it through <laughs> yeah. And it was approved I got um, They had two finalists uh, One from the UK And uh, an international applicant as well So I got the international one And I passed the visa For the whole year and yeah. Until I finally got it How was that experience like? I mean being You know going from Being in the rainy PE You know building this net From your hands And now you're One of the Best schools in the world in terms of design, Central St. Martins. Yeah. How could you describe that experience to us, and how how did that learning experience gonna influence what we're about to see for your next collection? Yeah, it was an ex- epic experience actually. Um, I was there for about two years. I had to. I I I got to learn about diversity of a culture. Mm. As you know, London is has all sorts of mixes that you can find in the world, um, from Asians um, to um, South Americans. Um, I was in the same class with like students that are from like different parts of the world, so I got yeah. to learn from 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 them about what's going on around the world, yeah. and also the design. Um, um, application and, and, and method that they use in that school is just super amazing. No wonder, like they they create um, uh, successful graduates. Um, they don't focus much on a business. Um, they have specialists that specialize in design and and, and just dope ideas that like mm. change the world. Um, I did actually a masters in material futures, which is a different approach to fashion design. I didn't choose a neat word design because I already established in that. Yeah. Um, Immaterial future is, is 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 a course which looks at like trends for the next twenty years or next wow. fifty years. Wow. So what we did there, like you come up with ideas, like for instance, um, you just think of a crazy idea. Like for instance, in Japan, in the next fifty years, they wanna build. An escalator or a lift that goes to the moon. So that type of luxury is not something that we 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 see nowadays. Yeah. But fifty years from now, no one when it when when it happens, no one would imagine that it would it it, it would um, happen. So I took that knowledge into my closer context, where I have to imagine what it would be in. in 2018 or 2025 because wow. I think mm. environment will change then yeah, like, yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's something that I always say actually and it's something that you touched on is that um, also coming from the Eastern Cape and growing up in, in, in a disadvantaged family due to an oppressive system that we, we used to have is that as black young creatives 
or as black young children, we don't actually even know we're creatives because we never have that luxury to mm. be creative. It's yeah. always like you need to be a doctor, you need to be a policeman, you need to be a teacher. You know, it's it's about you know working, earning your money, and give and supporting the family. That's yeah. what it's about. And yeah. then getting married, getting kids, and you just fall into the cycle yeah. that just never progresses beyond what it knows. So to tap out of that and be at a school now where you can go crazy, you know, money is not a problem, nothing mm-hmm. is a problem, can create much closer the way you want to see it. That must be such an in, an intense and also quite a liberating experience. Yeah, um, it was a liberating one. That was the whole process. Um, Point for me mm. I wanted to go Abroad Liberate And, and think big Because yeah. um, I felt that as, as, as designers in Africa We're not thinking Big yeah. enough um, Like the kids That I was amongst Have some of the Craziest ideas Where, where I felt that You know I, I needed to Switch up My way of thinking So that I can Fit in Within their Their wave of thinking Um Um but I decided that let me come back and apply that knowledge um, locally back here at home because I think there's a lot of us that need that information. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, to take our industry to the next level. Wow, that is just, that's so incredible. And yeah. And we are now halfway through our show. I think what we're going to do is uh, for the second half of the show, we're going to get a bit controversial. Yeah. Not controversial. I mean, I won't put, I won't put you into trouble, Latuma, but I think we actually need to talk more about Africa. You yeah, know, because yeah. of Instagram and social media, creatives like us, mm. you know, Africa is becoming, you know, a country, you know, a, a continent that everyone is watching out for. Yeah. You know, Africa is the future. We hear it all the time. We hear that, you know, the future is African and female. We mm. hear all these things about Africa in terms of fashion forefront. You know, many people in the industry are being dubbed as the faces of African fashion. Mm. You know, so I want to dive into what does that actually mean? You know, and I want to get a perspective from your eyes. What does Africa look like? Do you believe in Africa? Number one, um, and and find out you know your thoughts on that. Being a thought leader and being an African that is celebrated globally, I want to get more of those insights. So let me give you a bit of a breathing <laughs> break <laughs> and a thinking break. Live on Cliff Central. <laughs> Welcome back to the Have Thread Exchange. Breathing I gave him exactly ten seconds <laughs> to, to to breathe, but not at all. I mean, that, this show is about positive energy. It's not about being shady. It's about you know uplifting black creatives. You know, there's a lot of True. us who are in disadvantaged backgrounds, or some of us who are struggling with our dreams, and we want to make it happen. And this show is about inspiring you. You mm. know, to show you and tell these different stories from incredible Africans who can really, really inspire you, so that one day you're also sitting. Here and telling your story That's what this show is about And that's why we're calling it The Thread Exchange It's cultured It's progressive And it's brave And I yeah, believe man. that All our audience All the people And the guests that we have On the show Truly, truly represent that True. And I think from my perspective I think that's what The future of Africa lies In people like Latuma mm. Latuma Before I give you A breathing break <laughs> We're talking about You know, your journey About Matkosa Starting at NMMU Where they gave you Your seed funding To start your brand You went global You went to the London And Central St. Martins I'm sorry <laughs> You know Where you spent Two years there Building your brand And now you are Probably In my eyes The best designer In our country Yeah You know you were, That is celebrated that. Globally And you've taken Your brand internationally In such a unique And incredible way Which I've never Seen it before 
done yeah. before because you know what we've seen from the past. Not I mean not becoming spicy or anything. You've become a South African export. Yeah, like yeah. we used to think that's David Lale. There was a time yeah. where David Lale was seen as a South African export. You know, that's there was a time where David Lale was seen as being African, even though I I disagreed at the time. Getting controversial. No, no, no. It's the truth. No, no, no. It's the truth. I mean, I have to be honest. Um, and I remember, you know, his way of going global was going to New York Fashion Week. It was a big deal. I still remember. It was like, you know, Africa Fashion International. Everyone was going on. The government was like, oh my god. Um, everyone was so happy that he was going international, but. He's, I've, I haven't seen his clothes anywhere overseas. There yeah. hasn't been any retailer that I know of that carries David Lale. True. But you didn't do that. But mm. I see your clothing all everywhere. around the world. Everywhere. If I'm in Japan or I'm in, in a boutique that I wouldn't even know that sells Hermes bags, there's my clothes. And the thing like, it's, so it's crazy. Distinct, like, it's so you know, distinct. Yeah. Like your brand stands out. So, I mean, dude, how did that happen? Like, tell us what goes into taking your brand internationally and how did you do it so different? Um, there's, there's, there's a guy in a motivational speaker that I was, that I was watching recently. Um, he said something very important. He said that, um, ideas are ish. Um, execution is the game. Mm. So, um, I like to focus more on the execution, man, because, um, um, it's not the idea that's going to get the product where it needs to be. It's not the idea that's going to place the product where it needs to be. Is there, is the way that you execute it. Um, uh, my first, Footprint was Merchants on Long, uh, owned by Hanel Rupert. And of course, in the industry, you it's hear bo- that Rupert. It's, I'm it, just putting it <laughs> Rupert. Google Rupert. I, I'm trying to make a point that it is good to be connected in the Money. industry. And, yeah. and, and some people, um, they, they, some people are looking for credible product yes. to, 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 to sell to. Um, 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 without mentioning a word. Yeah. So, um, Haneli Merchants and Long has been one of those stores that, um, wasn't afraid to place 500 units of my pieces. Wow. And, and, and take some of those pieces to London and go and do a pop up there. And then we went mm. to Paris last year and did a pop up in Paris. Yeah. So that is some of the execution methods, um, that I use, um, just having a connection with just one store. Mm, um, yeah. That has a gateway to other to, avenues. To yes. Yeah. So um, um, even with that, it is not enough. Of course, I had to had um, other connects to make sure that I use some of the resources yeah. to make sure that I deliver, because delivering is is very important part of the game as well. Yeah. Um, because um, what we often do as designers, we overpromise. Yeah. And we underdeliver. Yeah. Um, also down in America, um, are starting to, 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 to stock more of my products and they want to represent and, 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 and go big with the Matrosa, um, yeah. this year in New York. Those are people that, uh, we give, um, 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 our, 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 um, trust and beliefs that, um, sell the product. we have yeah. what it takes to yeah. be one of the best in Africa. Mm. And how do you do it with your brand? I think knowing you personally and, and, and seeing your brand all around the world, it's so, besides your clothing being so distinct, 
it still looks like when I see the mannequin, whether I'm in New York or yeah. seeing it, how it's presented online, it still looks like the way you would do it. Mm. So, you know, in, in allowing all these boutiques and all these, you know, global retailers to carry your brand, how do you still remain so in control? Cause yeah, I remember seeing, I, I, I remember seeing your, one of your stuff at the airport and I was like, that looks like it was started by you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. as one man, how mm. are you doing all this or how do you remain in control of your brand and how it's narrated globally? Um, Locally, I've, 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 I've had a lot of demand, like from retailers that wanted to stock my products, but I didn't like most of them because of merchandising and, uh, product placement. So I said no to a lot of them. Uh, merchants and luminance are some of the few that I said yes to. Yeah. And, uh, we, I have, um, um, people within the store that I want to build, that I make sure that I build a personal relationship with them. Uh, okay. And yeah. chat with them on WhatsApp and, 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 and explain how I want them to place my product, how to merchandise it, and explain as well the, the story behind the brand and the, and the, and the quality as well. Because with e-tourists, they are more, um, Savvy when it comes to the raw material, they want to know where it's made, yeah, how it's made, who made it, yeah. So, those are some of the concerns that customers have, yeah, which I make sure that I communicate to my Lisa. You had a point, yeah. I wanted to say, picking up on that mentioning tourists because your brand is so global and it's big and the demand is very international because it's at that level, Mm. how do you bridge the gap of now? Remaining a local artist yeah. And not being overpriced For yeah. local consumers yeah. And I think I want to add into that I think, you know You've you've also been a pioneer in a sense Because now you challenge International clothing brands Where yeah. you're like Oh my class I also should sell and for 10,000 And for local you, exactly, Local talent yeah. Local yeah. talent So how have you fought through that Where people are like Ah, oh, I'll spend 10, 15, 20,000 On Dolce & Gabbana But ah, oh, my cost Was barely so <laughs> Booty, you know why now And I even remember When we went to a fair together Where I bought one of your stuff And I remember one of the guys Being like, eh, I want to buy it But this guy is expensive yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking it's Yeah, but you're the same guy That I saw buying Louis Vuitton last week mm. So just talk, talk yeah. us through that. Like, I, th- I think communication is one of the most important aspects. I, I always pl- explain to people why I charge such prices. I feel like I don't have to, but uh, I think for the sake of, of, of getting people to understand, they don't have to buy, by the way, because um, um, I position my brand as, as a premium brand that just penetrated into luxury. So mm. people don't need to... to, to to, to buy my jerseys uh, I think people buy them for Emotional fulfillment When they travel overseas um, They want to Be spotted Be t- taken pictures of that wa- That's what happened to, to wow, one of my, that's to interesting some of my customers I'm actually getting goosebumps that. I'm getting such goosebumps <laughs> because it's so crazy How you're saying that because I remember when I was I'm not, I'm not flexing <laughs> But when I was at New York Fashion Week Um because I frequent New York now. <laughs> um, when I was in New York, I was staying in Soho and I'm walking around. I remember wearing your scarf. Yeah. And, and it's actually so crazy. Latu, my guy, tells you how to wear his brand. So I remember him showing me how to wear his scarf. So I'm wearing his scarf. I'm like, Latu, will be proud. And this Are we man. the star of the show? Yeah. So, and this man stops me on the road. He's like, where's this scarf from? I'm like, my class. He's like, oh, cool, cool. And he's like, I'll give you 15,000 US dollars to buy that from you. 
I'm like, why? He's like, no, I am. He's like, he's a buyer from Trusadi. Mm. He's like, I'm a buyer from Trusadi, and Jeez. I've been pitching a certain material, and this is what they, I need for them to understand. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I think you should speak to Naduma. <laughs> How do I know I'm not selling the guy's concept now? And I even remember, I'm like, here's his Instagram, here's his Twitter. I think you should talk to him, and who knows? There might be a Trusadi slash Matkosa collaboration. Yeah. But it's actually so crazy. You're right when you say like, I didn't sell it not because I didn't want the money, but because I felt so proud, yeah. and I was like, this guy. I was mm. not buying a piece He's taking my pride And to make it worse I'm closer now And I'm feeling like Closer royalty in New York So yeah. you are right That emotional fulfillment can't does can't take it off And dude, give it to somebody else For $15,000 <laughs> No That's not a real thing So I think that is That is true yeah. and, and how you've built Your brand around that But yeah. did, you, did you Were you always conscious of that? Because I remember I mean the way you positioned your brand, it was very Tosa, Goluka, mm. and mm. the narrative of it has just changed now. Yeah. Is it because yeah. of that consciousness of being like, actually, this is bigger than just, yeah. you know, I'm a daughter. It's actually, uh, it can be a movement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me, me, my aim was to fill in the missing gap because mm. of the fact that I, I am, I was like globally aware of what's, what, of what's happening in the fashion industry now. I knew and could pinpoint what was missing. Um, a lot of people in our days feel that there's no happiness, um, that is being portrayed with, with any fashion. And some right. of the people that see my work, wow. they say, yo, your brand is, is very happy. It's, it's so vibrant. colorful. Yeah. Uh, it's not for everyone. Uh, but anyone that appreciates it, um, would, 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 would grab it like Italians. Italians yeah. wear color. British yeah. don't like wearing color. They are modest. Japanese love color. So, um, is, is, is those type of niches that I, I, I thought that would love and appreciate my work locally. Filmmakers, musicians, graphic designers are some of the niche market that I've, 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 I've penetrated. Yeah. And, and, and I actually, Foresee that um, because um, I think a culture or African aesthetic was never translated that way where someone feels like this is traditional, I would wear it because it's not too traditional in a way that um, I have to wear a, 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 a yeah, it's got like modern edge, yeah, yeah. leopard skin or, or something. It was the pitch was sophisticated to a point where someone can wear it every day, yeah. I mean. You are someone who, you know, you are closer, you know, and this brand is inspired, not something that is a far-fetched concept. It's something that's actually personal to you. Yeah. And I've seen how you actually wear your brand, not because you've made it, but you actually, you live what you, what you sell. Mm. So, and we live in a time now where, you know, Africa is the movement. You yeah. Know, we've, you've seen it all around the world. People are intrigued by Africa. Mm. And as a result, we have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, sh- I'm going to be rough the way that I say it, but we yeah. have a lot of, you know, creatives who are African now because it suits them. <laughs> and in the way yeah. that they represent Africa is inappropriate. Not inappropriate, but it's fake. Yeah. It comes across, as someone who's really African and closer, mm. they come across as, you know, sort of fake. And, you know, as a brand that's been international, you've had to sort of, Shift that narrative Because mm. when you Went international With your brand There were certain views Of how Africa looks mm. How have you Beaten through those And I mean I'm not going to mention Any names But you and I know Very well That there's a local designer Who copies your prints <laughs> Who insists on copying Your prints and your work And now he's also Selling himself as African And now comes Latuma as well Who's also African But they always go for you Because there's something Authentic about that But how Doesn't that 
tell us about that struggle, like having to, you know, change people's narrative of Africa that an African knit can be a thousand dollars. Where when they think of Africa, it's like, oh, but all of you guys are hungry and you wear Ankara prints and you, you know, you've had to change the narrative and show Africa is rich and luxe and beautiful. Mm. And tell us about that struggle for you. Yeah, actually, for me, I think when you Carrying a good quality product, you don't struggle much. Yeah, yeah. I think is is the narrative that you, you, some people struggle with, you know, because um, I've 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 seen like local um 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 design studios trying the whole African thing, and then they come up with gimmick stories uh, mm. that people overseas often believe. So yes. um, when I Get invited, like for instance, Yale University or um, at the British Museum to speak about my work. I make sure that I capture it in a in in the most authentic way, so that people can it can be believable and authentic as well. Yeah. So um, people um, often get surprised that there is winter in South Africa, for instance. They don't even know that there is a, a wool industry which is the biggest in the continent. Yeah. Uh, they don't know that um seventy percent of the world's mohair comes from South Africa, okay, yeah. Port Elizabeth. So I share some of those facts um um so that they can have uh, understanding about South Africa that in often cases is better than the yeah. place where they live. <laughs> yeah. Actually people are living a lifestyle that is modern. Um 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 so a lot of people were surprised who have never been to, to Africa. And after sharing that story, they start buying to my product. Like, for instance, I had an experience in Amsterdam, um, 2014. Yeah. I got invited to speak at the What Design Can Do conference. Um, and, uh, I went there with my sister and I. We decided to take 50 pieces. Um, um, you always carry a lot of pieces <laughs> I remember one of the biggest struggles Wanting to buy Latuma's pieces Always be like Nah I'm traveling to this conference I'm taking all of them Yeah <laughs> So we, we went there um, Never been to Amsterdam um, Was Never knew much about How the Dutch react to African design And um, uh, They gave me 30 minutes to speak uh, Paul Smith spoke there as well Previous day So um, Got intrigued actually to to be part of that crowd and, and actually get enough time to tell the whole story. After I spoke, um, my sister and I had to set up a table to sell the products and they yeah. formed up a queue and they bought all of them in euros. Wow. Um, um, that um, um, experience for me um, made me realize because I, I, I had like a, a, a personal connection with customers and not yeah. like Sending products mm. through pop-ups, so it gave me an idea of how people are were, were, were close-minded about South Africa and Africa in general. So I, I thought that hmm, there's a lot to, ex- to 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 change and a lot to actually um, establish and expand um, as far as African design is con- is, is is concerned. Yeah. Actually, um, there's 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 a a big project which which is going to launch recently um uh which we we're doing with the akia akia oh wow the furniture company furniture company where i've really just pulled your furniture yes yeah, so yeah uh akia is collaborating with the design in Daba and chose about oh, wow. 14 designers to design a collection for for them which will be launched in 2018 so uh we went to sweden um um 
at the headquarters. Like IKEA is massive. Uh, wow. They turn over mm. 32 billion euros um, annually. And um, getting to that prof- platform with African products, which they never even considered before in the past since they were established in their 50s. So um, I think that Africa is not the future. Africa is now because... Mm. That transformation in design is like happening now. Yeah. Um, people are buying it into it now. Um, Nigeria is one of the forerunners of it. Well, yeah. when I went to Fashion Week here about there in October last year, I was super blown away. Like our level of fashion design, quality, everything is 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 way beyond level that they've established already in yeah. uh, in, in Nigeria. And and what do you think is holding us back in South Africa? I think you know generally I'm not, I mean guys I, I I always have to put disclaimers but generally I I struggle to grasp at our South African you know mm. design industry. I sit at Fashion Week and I'm like, what is this shit? Yeah, yeah. You know, not because you know I'm being malicious or anything, but I just feel that the standard that we aim for is not mm. high enough. Yeah, mm. the yeah. stories that we tell are not authentic. I'll say it as I'm like, this is like, what are you trying to say here? This is mm. not even authentic. Yeah. So you know, what do you think? Are some? Why are we not at that Nigerian level? You know, why I, are a lot of designers struggling and why are a lot of designers broke at the moment because yeah. their stuff is just not isn't selling. And the craziest thing is. One of the brands that sell very well for our country is your brand, and the mm. other brand is Sergeant Pepper, mm. which is run by Zach Fenter. Yeah. He's selling all over the world, now, yeah. you know. And you guys don't even partake in Fashion Week unless mm. you feel like you have to. Or even you didn't show at Fashion Week until you felt like, okay, for pure circumstances, I need to yeah. do it. Yeah. Why do you think the South African industry has disjoint to to the international market, or why are we not doing well as Nigeria? I, I think uh, we don't have honest voices as fashion yeah. locally. Um, when someone sees your collection on runway and yeah. is not happy with it or doesn't like the quality, they're not going to write about those negative um, 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 They'll write all the nice yeah. ones. They'll write all the nice ones. They, so people sell their opinions, I think, I personally think. Mm. Uh, they're not honest enough to say that ish that quality that you showed yeah. fashion week was was wasn't up to standard um fortunate enough i have people that tell me personally that i love what you do but you must work on this and work on that yeah those are people that i appreciate the most because they take you to even the next further level. Yeah. Take yes. you to the next and, level yeah and it's something i always say and i'm like you know, where I'm at a place now where I'm honest about if I don't like something. And mm. when I say, listen, you know, that's not the right story or this is actually crap material that you used and, yeah. you know, the clothing is not finished and people take it personally. I'm mm. like, we're in the business of fashion here. I work in fashion and my job is to make sure that I feature things on my pages of the threaded man yeah. of quality and substance. And mm. I think also the designers here live in sort of a lie because they think they're in New York City and yeah. they'll design all these avant-garde <laughs> pieces and everything and they forget, well, this is South Africa number one, yeah. you know, and we're driven by culture, we're driven by heritage, we're driven by a story mm. and they think that they're going to make people wear meat and we're going to get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that we, even though we have couture designers or some will call themselves couture designers, I think they will never be the best in the world because 
France has all the resources and the history and the and heritage. The culture of it, yeah. yeah. Culture, we don't have the Kevin culture Rogers, stop lying. You can't do <laughs> from Durban or wherever you do it from. It's done in France. Like the French board has to approve you. No one can just be couture. You can't I, just be couture. I see all these brands don't on couture. Stop lying. Fashion students, don't call your brand something couture. It's not real. Yana Muli had something couture. Stop lying, guys. Like, Please, man, be honest. I think that's where it starts, Latu. That's where it starts. starts. An honest boy. Like, you you have to specialize and know your product, um, and 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 not settle for number two mm. and settle for number one, because um, um, the fashion business is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and you yeah. have to claim a market share in that revenue and make sure that you build something that will sustain um, beyond yourself. Yeah, that's true. I think like we're gonna wrap up pretty soon, but I think just before we wrap up, you know, just summarizing your journey, I think when I what I said before is how do you build your brand overseas? Um, one of the things you highlighted, I'm just highlighting for those that are listening, is that you said that you build partnerships. Mm-hmm. So I think that doesn't just apply to you as someone in design. I think that applies to Anybody. any entrepreneur. Any I think build the right connections. Yeah. You know, you mentioned how you met Henley and she does Merchants and Long and they still stock your product today. I remember in Christmas they even did like these wooden packages for your brand, you mm-hmm. know, to be able to so sell. Go into the yeah. right spaces. Yeah, so go into the right spaces and then what was the other point you made from there? I think you spoke about um, also being in control of your brand yeah. You know, working, being selective With who you work with mm. So you mentioned that a lot of people just send out their clothing mm. You know, you vet Who yeah. you work with and mm. you always trust That they'll carry the brand well yeah. And that they become, I remember you even say I quote, custodians mm. of the brand And that mm. I think that's important That you sell to people that genuinely wore your brand yeah. um, From Oshozi, I know Collada very well And I remember when I went to his studio He was wearing your knit mm. You know, it's it's you, people buy it into the product mm. And I think You know Another thing is it, What it sounds like Is that you never Stop learning mm. Is that in each Environment that you're Put in or wherever You always analyze And I remember You spoke about Amsterdam About how that Experience changed You know the connection You felt Going to London And realizing that People don't know As much about Africa Or they don't know The beautiful mm. Africa That you know They have another Image of how it looks Yeah. And so just Readapting your brand Into those different Markets is, is very important you know, you can't just go to America and say America's all the same. New York is different from California. Mm. And I think that you touched on that, that understand the environment which you operate in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what what are your parting words? I mean, this is a podcast. It's going to live for a very long time. Yeah. I'm hoping in 20 years people will, will quote you mm. from what you say here today. So if you had to give out a message to other young creatives, other young designers, and people like me who look up to you, mm. you know, what, mm. what words do you have to share for the world? I'd say that um, people must think more realistic. We're in 2017, going 2000 to 2020. Um, we have all that we need, all the resources that we need nowadays. Um, um, if money is still an excuse, quit now. Mm. Quit now because um, it, it's not money that will take you um, 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 where you need to go to. Yeah, it's your passion. Drive. It's your resilience, uh, persistence, passion. If you have none of that, um, you're not gonna go anywhere. And 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 hard work is 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 is, is the ultimate um, 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 drive that you that you need to sustain to 
to get to wherever you need to you want to be. Wow. That's very powerful. Lisa, any parting words before we wrap up? Oh, I don't even know. I've been blown away. You sound like such a tenacious gentleman. You've just constantly worked hard and hard every time. So I think work hard. I go with your work hard. Yeah, I think from my end is that stop using money as an excuse. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the excuses that I used, you know, from being from the Eastern Cape and having this idea of the thread of man. I think it was always, oh, I don't have enough money or, oh, money is an issue. You'll never have the money. Yeah. You know, and you I never, think, and I think, you know, with what's happening right now in the music industry, I mean, I'm not going to mention any names. <laughs> <laughs> ambitious, ambitious, ambitious. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, young creatives, a lot of rank, as, as young creatives will sign all these checks yeah. because, you know, we don't trust the value of what we have because for us it's about the money mm. and I want to say to young we creators undervalue don't undervalue don't, don't undervalue what you have what you have is more valuable than what you can imagine you know look at Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook he believed the Facebook we know now he believed in it from the day he started it where he sold 1% of it for a billion dollars to Microsoft 1% at a company that didn't even make a profit at that time. So resilience. in that, I say for me, have resilience, believe in your idea, rather go broke with it and starve with it, than sell it and undersell it and lose your brand like Jenny Button. Don't be a Jenny you Button. Are, why do you do not be a Jenny Button. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm using real life examples. I'm using real life examples. Don't be yeah. Jenny Button. Be like Latuma. Latuma has a brand. He owns it. It's going overseas. Jenny Button has a name that she does not function with. A lot of names are dropped today. You know, don't be a John Galliano. Oh, wow. Don't be a John Galliano who doesn't even run their brand. Thank um, you. Latuma, Kutuam, Diabulela, thank you so much. Thank You've you. been thank fantastic. You, and I'm happy that you got to share more insight. I think I get so annoyed when they interview you. They ask you the same thing. Tell us your story. Uh, <laughs> I think you are, you, today it was about showing you that you're an entrepreneur and Umatosa is an empire that is growing. And I can't one. wait. A vibrant, it, colorful one. A vibrant, colorful one. And minimalism is not African. Stop it. Buy into color. <laughs> Matkosa sells color. And I can't wait to see your, your, your stores in New York and across the world. And I wish you nothing but the best. And Utamata uh, is watching over you. Yes, and Matkosa like may live forever. I'm Siawanga Beile. And thank you for tuning into the third installment of the Thread Exchange. Please look out for the podcast. We'll be tuning it everywhere. Um, you can also connect with me on Twitter at Siawanga And you can find Umatkosa across all social media networks. Thank you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliff Central. Cliffcentral.com.